0: hello and welcome to the holistic money podcast i'm your host certified financial planner and money mindset coach whitney morrison over the past seven years i've taken myself from credit card debt and no savings to a seven-figure net worth i did this without a budget or a restrictive money plan but instead smart sustainable wealth building strategies combined with changing my relationship with money in this podcast you'll learn the ins and outs of my no budget philosophy practical wealth-building strategies, and key mindset shifts to make it happen. There is no shortage of information out there to tell you what to do with money, but teaching you how to think and feel about money, that's my secret sauce. If you've been waiting for a podcast that gives you actionable strategies to not only build wealth, but also feel really good while you're doing it, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Million Dollar Thoughts, Part 2. This is episode two in a two part series that I'm doing on my podcast, where I am exploring the biggest mindset breakthroughs I've had since I've taken my net worth from no savings and $40,000 in debt to seven figures. In part one, I go through five really powerful mindset shifts that I've experienced over the past seven years. And in part two, I'm gonna give you five more. I said this in the first episode, I'm gonna say this again, but I had a lot of work to do in my relationship with money. I did not grow up around money. I did not grow up in a household where money was fun or expansive or creative or where there was any kind of freedom with money. I grew up in a household where money was scary and restrictive and based on a lot of fear. So I had a lot of growth to do over the past seven years. In my relationship with money, really, I say the past seven years because that's when I got more serious about my actual relationship with money and stopped just trying to white knuckle and do the things that I thought I should do. I started to really look at how money felt for me, what I thought about myself with money, what I thought about money in general. That's why I really talk about the past seven years because that's when I really started that journey. And that's when my whole financial world started to shift. So in this episode, I'm gonna keep going with my million dollar thoughts that have really supported me in my financial journey and got me to where I am today. So without further ado, let's get started. All right, mindset shift number one is more money is more freedom. So I wanna start this one by telling you a story. When I was in my early 20s working at Wells Fargo Advisors, part of the work that I did was executing stock trades for our clients. And one of our clients, Brian, he owns car dealerships, in Austin came in to execute some stock trades in his portfolio. And he wanted to sell Altria Group and their ticker symbol is M-O. And what I mean by ticker symbol is whenever you buy or sell companies on the stock market, you don't type in Altria Group. You type in the symbol to actually find the company on the exchange. So he said, I want to sell however many shares it was. Of Altria Group, and the ticket was Mo. And I looked at him and I said, You got it. Mo money, Mo problems, right? And he looked at me like I had two heads. He was like, No, I, I do not think more money, more problems. That is not how I think about money. And in that moment, I looked at him and I realized, Wow, this is not how people who are really intentional about their money, people who grow their money and who love their money, and who are stewards of money, how they really think about money. They don't believe that more money is more problems. They believe that more money is more freedom. And I felt supremely uncomfortable in the moment because I felt like I had just committed a rich people faux pas where I was like, okay... Clearly, I have the poor girl mindset over here. I was also just trying to crack jokes and don't get me wrong. I still love to crack jokes because I don't want everything to have to be so serious all the time, but it really stuck with me. That moment really stuck with me and it really taught me a lesson. More money is not more problems. More money is not more grimy, hard work and less fun. More money is more freedom. And I see this mindset a lot in clients and people that come to me with their money where they really believe if they have more money, if they have that rental property or if they have that Airbnb room or if they have that side hustle along with their business, if they have the opportunity to have more money and make more money, they automatically make it mean it's going to create more problems for them. But what they're not seeing and what you may not be seeing is more money, although it sometimes requires more responsibility more intentionality, more awareness, more skills, it is all so incredibly worth it for that freedom. Craig and I have a lot of financial responsibility. We have five rental units. We have our Airbnb. We own two homes, which are both multifamily properties, so they both have two units. Plus we're in the middle of adding a six, which is a yurt on our property. We have our businesses. I have a business. Craig has a real estate business, as well as a full-time job. Plus we're about to introduce llamas and alpacas, and we have animals. And so we have a lot. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of responsibility as it relates to our money, but we also have a lot of freedom. And what I mean by freedom is mental freedom. Sure, there are things that we need to do to make sure that we have our life taken care of, but we've learned to outsource and hire people to help us. That's still a growth edge for us is learning how to delegate, but we're learning that skill. But what we have is we have mental freedom. No longer are we spending our time worrying about money. The things that we think about now is how can we grow our money? How can we have more fun How can we help more people? How can we use our money in this interesting way to provide experiences that we love and other people will love? And those are the kind of things that we get to think about money because we have so much freedom with it, because it's not something that has created a lot of problems for us. When you have more money coming in, you have more peace of mind and more freedom. And I think sometimes we miss that when we are believing that more money, it's going to be more hard work. Or more money is going to be more problems for us. So, more money, more freedom, not more money, more problems. All right, mindset shift number two is that investing money consistently is equally as important as paying my mortgage. So, the way that I used to think about investing and saving. Was that it was my lowest level financial priority, even though I thought I should be doing it and I was bad if I wasn't doing it. It was like if I had enough money, I would save and invest or if I made more money then I would have enough to save and invest. But I really had to let go of that mindset and I had to change the way that I thought about saving and investing. And I started to look at how I thought about some other expenses in my life, my mortgage, for example my mortgage or my rent, no matter how much it was, was a non-negotiable. It wasn't like, oh, I don't have enough money this month to pay my mortgage, or I don't have enough money this month to pay my light bill. It's like, no, it it wasn't even a thought that crossed my mind. It was just a given that it was something that I was going to do. And I started to think like, wow, I think a lot differently about savings and investing. I just let it be that thing that if I have enough money for it, it'll happen. And I started to question, why do i why do I think about it like that? What would change for me if I started to think about my saving and my investing the same way that I think about paying my mortgage? Like it's a non-negotiable, it just has to happen, and then what's left over after that is what I spend. And I decide on everything else if I have enough money for it, not for my savings and my investing. And so I will tell you. With my savings, I will still put money in my savings accounts and decide to use it, right? It's like it is spending money for future me, but my investing accounts, that is a non-negotiable. I think of it just like I think of my mortgage. It is something that has to be paid. I don't even question it. Even when money feels tight or I have to be intentional in other areas, I don't cut out my investing. I'm really thankful for this mindset shift because I remember going through years of my life looking at my finances and being like, where the fuck is all my money? Like, I don't have any money in my investment accounts. I don't have any money in my savings accounts because it was always the lowest priority. But when I decided to think about it the same way I thought about my rent or my mortgage, it shifted. It became the thing that I did and I actually started building wealth. So I want you to look at how do you think about your savings and your investing? Is it just that thing that you think, oh, if I have enough money, I'll do this. Or if I make more money, I'll do this. Or is it that thing that you think about the same way that you think about your rent? Because you pay your rent every month. You pay your light bill. You pay your internet. You don't question those things. It's not like you're like, oh, I just didn't have enough money to do that this month. You do it. So just throw investing in there too. Even if it's 50 bucks, throw it in there. Make it one of those non-negotiables that you do no matter what. You'll start to look at your money and be like, oh shit, I got money. And it feels really good. Feels so good. So saving and investing, specifically investing. I'm more on this mindset with my investing, to be honest with y'all. Investing, I think about it the same way I think about my rent and my mortgage. It's a non-negotiable. All right, mindset shift number three is that there is always opportunity with money, even in a recession. And I wanna take this one step further and say, especially in a recession. So I wanna tell you a story In 2008, I started my career at Wells Fargo Advisors. I was 22, 23, and it was mac dab in the middle of a financial crisis. It was an intense environment to be brought into as a 23-year-old who We had never experienced anything like this before, and I started taking calls from clients who were terrified about the performance of their investment portfolios. And the market just kept going down, and we kept receiving more and more calls of people who wanted to sell when the market was down almost 50%. And a lot of them did. A lot of people ended up selling and made devastating financial decisions for themselves. And ended up losing a lot of money because of that decision to sell. And it was a difficult time for everyone. It was a difficult time for my coworkers and the financial advisors in the office. And also just everyone was very scared. But it was really interesting because there was also a much smaller percentage of our client population who was making decisions completely differently. Instead of wanting to get out of the market, they were like, I want to put money in the market. They had a longer-term look on the economy and the stock market. They really saw that downturn as a natural part of the economy. It was going to happen, and the market eventually would rebound and go back up again. And so they thought to themselves, this is a wonderful opportunity to buy everything on the stock market at 50% off. And so that's what they did. They ended up putting money into the market. And now if you look back on the two decisions that people were making at that time which was number 1 sell when the market is down lock in my loss lose half of my investment portfolio or number 2 stay the course and even get more aggressive and put money in when the market is down those people ended up doubling their money in 3 years the people who ended up selling when the market was down lost 50% of their assets and it was an incredibly valuable lesson for me to learn at the very beginning of my career when I was just starting to understand how the economy worked and how the stock market worked. And it really, really shaped my mindset to look for opportunity during recessions. So whenever the market goes down, a lot of people get worried and think, oh, now's not the time I want to invest. I just want to protect my money. I just want to keep it in cash. But I have a very different outlook. Whenever the market goes down, I'm like, oh, we got a flash sale. Craig, do we have any extra cash so that we can put it in the market? It's a low day. Let's go buy everything on sale so we can make more money when it rebounds because the market always rebounds. Historically speaking, I can't tell you what's going to happen in the future, but I can say there's about 120 years of evidence from the, the previous performance of the stock market and it's always rebounded. I like to look at that historical evidence because I do think it helps us understand future trends. I look at that, and that is how I make informed decisions about investing money when the stock market is down. And every time, even during COVID in 2020, March 2020, there was a huge dip in the stock market. People were selling off. Thankfully, it was temporary. It was only about a month or two that the market was down. In that moment, I was like, Craig, let's double down. Let's put money in. And we made ten grand by just making the decision to buy when everyone else was selling. I think sometimes we believe there are times when we have financial opportunity and times when we don't. But I disagree. I think financial opportunity is always available to us. It's just whether or not we're conditioned to look for it. And what happens is if you get caught up and swept up in the emotions of the news or the economy, you can start to adopt a crowd mentality and just follow In the footsteps of people who are making decisions from fear. Or you can step back and you can say, what is the opportunity here? Because there is always financial opportunity, even during a recession. Money mindset number four is spending money isn't nearly as fun as financial freedom. Now, let me give you a little context for this mindset shift. Like I said, I really started my financial journey seven years ago, although I've been a financial planner for 13 years, those first five years. I want to talk about those first five years. I used money as a tool to feel worthy. I used money as a tool to feel like I was deserving. I used it to fill a hole in my heart. And the hole in my heart was, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. And so I want to buy a lot of really nice things. So people finally think I'm good enough. And what happened was is I bought the stuff, felt good momentarily, temporarily, and then ended up feeling really bad. I felt really bad because I didn't have money in my bank accounts and I was accumulating debt and I was supposed to be this money person. And I was completely mortified and embarrassed. Now that I am in a much different financial situation, I have much more money that I could potentially spend. I actually don't like to spend it nearly as much as I used to like to spend it. It is fascinating to see that the more money that I actually have, the less of it I like to spend on stuff. Like, for example, clothes. I just don't have that many clothes. I don't have a lot of workout clothes. I don't have a lot of pants. I don't have a lot of shirts. Like, I just run very lean on clothes. Sure, I could go buy a lot more clothes to have a lot more variety in my wardrobe and have different outfits on all the time, but it's just not that important to me. What I really appreciate more than that is having more options with my time or having more options with the investments that I make. And because I make those decisions, it just provides me a much larger return to my daily life. I have so much less stress in my daily life. Because of the way that I think about buying stuff versus freedom. I really, really like that. The reason why I'm sharing this with you is because I think sometimes we think it's like, oh, the more money that I have, like the more stuff I get to have. But I have noticed this with people who start to accumulate larger amounts of wealth. They actually spend less money on things. And they actually spend more of their money on experiences or they spend more of their money on investing in themselves and their businesses or other ways that they can continue to grow their wealth or help other people. That's how they start to use money. It's been a really big mindset shift for me because even now where I have so much more expendable resources to spend, I just don't want to. I love having money in my bank accounts. I love the freedom that affords me. I love the investments that I make. I just love them so much more than stuff. And that served me in my wealth building journey, obviously, because it's not like I'm white knuckling. I'm not trying to fight myself like, no, you shouldn't buy that. I'm like, no, I just don't want to buy this. It's easy. It's natural. And I think that starts to shift as your relationship with money starts to shift. All right. The last and final mindset shift for the Million Dollar Thoughts series is there are no rules, only nice suggestions. I want to tell you another story. I have a lot of stories in this podcast. I want to tell you the story of buying our third home, which we live in now as our primary residence. We were living at a place in Austin that we had bought three months earlier, and it was a 2-1 with a back house. And we had definitely intended to turn that into a rental, but not within the timeline that we ended up ch- turning it into a rental, which was three to four months after we bought it. And the reason why is it was the beginning of COVID, and we were in this two-bedroom, one-bathroom house. Craig and I both shifted to going to an office every day, to working from home, and all of a sudden, the world just started to feel very, very small. We had to turn our living room into Craig's office. In our home, I think it was seven or 800 square feet, that 2-1 that we were living in. The extra bedroom was my office, and then the living room was Craig's office, and we were stumbling all over each other. We were arguing, his call being louder or my call being louder. It just became a nightmare. And... We just realized that, OK, this is not the place that we want to be during this time and the place that's going to be good for us to thrive professionally and financially and honestly, interpersonally. We needed more space for that. So we had to break a money roll that most people are like, do not break this money roll. And the reason why we had to break the money roll is we had just bought a house, that house, three months earlier and put $60,000 in cash. And we didn't have more cash for our next down payment for our next home that we ended up buying. So we broke a money roll and we ended up taking distributions from our 401k for the down payment for this house. I think the down payment was somewhere around 40 grand, something like that. We bought this house that we live in now for 425. Anyway, we had to take a distribution from our 401k to be able to afford this down payment. We paid the taxes, we paid the penalties. If I started to look at that from a financial planner perspective, The financial planner part of my brain would have been like, Whitney, now is not the time to go buy this house. You and Craig are going to have to take retirement distributions. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you penalties. And this is a bad decision. Don't do it. But by that point, my emotional brain was so much louder than my financial advisor brain that I was like, fuck it. I want to pay these taxes and penalties. I want to get this house. And also, it was an interesting time in the real estate market because it was right before the real estate market just freaking skyrocketed. So we ended up buying this house in January of 2021. Two months later, this house ended up going up in price significantly. Now this house that we live in, we just got it appraised a few months ago, and it appraised somewhere around fifty eight hundred thousand. I don't remember exactly what the amount was, but taking that distribution from our four hundred one k, we bought this house at four twenty five. It made us four hundred thousand dollars. We've since decided to take a HELOC against this house, reinvest back in the house to put in the yurt. That's how we're financing everything, and we have another Airbnb on this property and the income from those two investment properties are essentially what's going to pay off that HELOC, we would have never had this opportunity had we not broken a money rule. There are a lot of money rules out there. You need to be investing 20%. Don't take distributions from your retirement accounts. Don't get into credit card debt. But look, all of those things are just simply nice suggestions. You have to be able to look at your life. You have to be able to look at your potential. You have to decide what you are capable of and go with that and trust yourself, even if it means that you break some money rules. Don't let yourself be limited by money rules so much so that you miss opportunity around you. Sometimes if you see the potential, if it's there, you just got to go for it even if it means breaking those money rules, Yes, it's, it's risk. There's risk in everything that you do. But if you believe in yourself, if you believe that no matter what, you're gonna figure it out, I think I talked about that in one of my other mindset shifts, then you gotta break some money rules sometimes to get wealthy. And I have broken a lot of money rules, even as a financial planner, even as an enforcer of money rules For a lot of other people, I've broken a lot myself and I just wanna tell you all that. It's okay to break money rules. You can break money rules especially if you end up making more money at the end because you broke the money roll. So don't don't box yourself in, okay? Don't take a distribution from your 401k to invest in something that's not gonna provide you a return. I wouldn't suggest that. But hey, if you're gonna take money and put it towards a future that you want, an investment that you want, that you believe in yourself that you can create a return around, then break all the money rolls, my friend. All right. So wonderful to go through all these money mindset shifts with you. And I hope that you have found some good things to think about, some ways that you want to start to shift in the way that you think about money and also start to recognize how important the way that you think about money in your life and wealth is to your financial journey. So many people don't see it. So many people are just like, yeah, just tell me what to do. But 98% of your wealth building is your relationship with money, how you think about it, how you operate with money in your life. So spend a little time thinking about that. And I will see you in the next episode. Have you ever built a budget, but within weeks felt exhausted by the spreadsheets, the upkeep, or the restrictive spending categories? If so, you are not alone. Budgeting has never worked for me, so I created a new way, money mapping. Money mapping has all of the things you need to be successful in your wealth building journey. It's simple, organized and automated, but most importantly, it offers a completely new way to relate to money and manage it in your life. If you're ready to kick off your no budget strategy for building wealth, sign up for my free money map training at www.holistic-money.com forward slash money map. Here's to building wealth with ease.